Hello. Let us know if we're live and we're audible. We should be. We've had to do a <laughs> bit of a switch up in the setup today. Yeah. Because uh, Jake's computer shit the bed. Old Baxter finally fucking hit the bullshit. Yeah. And we oh. had to go to some sketchy guy's basement. Well, I mean, I, you would think that there was <laughs> yeah. quite a bit of computer repair stuff going around in uh, in London, just because I guess it's the city and there's a lot of people. So you'd assume there's a lot of services to for people to get their PCs fixed. But there's really not. There's like a few. And so, um, you know, I've gone to this fella. He he seems like okay. Angie was pretty sketched out because it was in the basement yeah. in Pall Mall. Which is like one of the poshest parts of London as well. It was really weird. It was quite strange, but I'm hoping that it should be okay. And I'm trusting him with my uh, <laughs> with my computer. You know, it should be fine. So we, we've got a temporary setup today. Hence the no, no, no border, no frills. Sorry, guys. Just straight intro. Straight, and straight into it. No, no lube. Right in. <laughs> no sexy vaporwave loop made by mysterious vaporwave artist Barry. <laughs> Jake's second alias. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, this week, so much is going on. There seems to be a slew of celebrity counselings occurring. Um, like Just one after another. One after the other, one after the other. I've actually had to write a list because there are so many. You've written a whole list. Yeah, there's a list. That so. does sound like glowy behaviour. <laughs> continue, continue. Here's my... That's, uh... that's your first red flag of the episode. Okay. <laughs> if we're at three red flags, you know... I would have to report you to the FBI. There's this like motif where you think I'm an agent for some reason. <laughs> Do I give agent vibes? Uh, maybe that's just in my sick little mind. <laughs> Hello, people in the chat as well. Hi, George and Indigo. Is that what that says? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Um, thank you for coming. So yeah, these are the people that have been cancelled. So there's um, Lizzo. Lizzo. Everyone seems to have kind of forgotten that. That's how short our cultural memory is getting. That was like two weeks ago, right? It's like old, well, probably more than that now, I think. Oh my God. I think more than that. So Lizzo, Ashton Kutcher, and Mila Kunis as well, yep. which is a little bit more recent. We can get into that. I know all the juicy details about that one. Jonah Hill, which was even before Lizzo, I think. Jonah Hill? Yeah. Why was Jonah Hill cancelled? Because he was like... Apparently, he told his girlfriend oh, yeah, not to, to show her. Oh, yeah, to posting booty pics. Yeah, or something. And then, yeah, 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 he got cancelled for that. He was cancelled for that? I thought everyone was on Jonah's side for that. No. Oh. <laughs> no, of course not. Just the incel forums. Yeah, literally. Um, And then Drew Barrymore as well is another one who's joined that, which is a surprise because she's, like, typically very unproblematic and, like, obviously never gets embroiled in like everything's cool i'm just silly drew but like i don't know i've also got i've also got a, <laughs> a good little take on drew barrymore's situation okay well. we'll get there we'll get there jimmy fallon as well fuck jimmy fallon <laughs> i'm glad he's cancelled i'm glad that i'm like he's the one he's one i'm glad like you can give me a red flag for that but like i'm glad jimmy fallon's getting like some comeuppance and he can go fuck himself oprah winfrey Oprah Winfrey again. Like, <laughs> I only just found out this today that black people don't like Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, she's not she's not favored by the blacks. I um, thought Oprah Winfrey was beloved by black people. No, so the bougie blacks love her. Like my mom, mm. like loves Oprah. I think this is why I think that black people like 
Oprah Winfrey's because your mum really loves Oprah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my mom, my mom's part of the bougie blacks, so she <laughs> she loves Oprah. But then otherwise, like in you know working class black community, she's pretty much despised and seen as like a traitor and like as somebody who's like in the Illuminati and stuff. Um, so mm. yeah, just because she's super rich. Well. I think it's because she's kind of out of touch with the community and the way that they wish she would be. So she's like... Which um, typically happens to black celebrities once like, they become... She's like, like OJ? Yeah, pretty much. She's like <laughs> she's like the modern OJ. Um, uh, who else is getting cancelled? Richard Ayoade, who's one that Americans might not know as well. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a famous British comedian. He's half Nigerian, half swedish i think i'm trying to think of something that they would fellow from nigerian brit and he's like very he's just like a nerdy guy he's like the most like metropolitan what did you call him you said he was the most tamed of the light skins he was yeah he was the they're coming for the tame the most tame light skins yeah and the most wily white skins with, <laughs> uh, with russell brand oh yeah we'll so... get to russell brand we'll get to russell brand later but yeah richard ayawade he's like you know this very mild-mannered dorky british comedian and um he was on this show called the it crowd brilliant like british uh comedy, comedy show. Yeah. like if you're looking for something to watch especially like and you uh like yeah quirky british comedies british if comedies, you like like IT the mighty boosh if you like uh i know like fucking peep show Sometimes any of I that forget shit Iowade is black yeah i mean there we go oh my guys. god that's how he's like one I of mean... those people but here's my theory i think that the mixed kids who have white moms tend to be really white mm. and then the mixed kids who have black moms tend to be a little bit more culturally black mm. that's kind of my theory but either way he's just like a mild-mannered like dorky dude and yeah he's on this show called the it crowd which was written by this guy called Graham Lyonhan, who's this British comedy writer who wrote this show called Father Ted and also the IT crowd as well. Some so, bangers. Like yeah. he's, he's he's batting a hundred to be yeah, fair yeah. for comedy shows. This fella's doing pretty well. Basically, Ayoade's career is basically due to this guy's show and what he wrote, but now he's become controversial as like the face of the gender critical movement in dun, the UK. Dun, dun. Because he's like vocal about the fact that he's gender critical. But because he so basically he recently wrote a book detailing his journey from like beloved British screenwriting genius to passionately hated turf or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Ayoade and I believe Jonathan Ross, who's mm -hmm. another famous British comedian, uh, wrote like a quote for the book. Mm -hmm. And because they did that, they are now being mercilessly cancelled. They've been uh, approached upon by all of the alphabet people on the internet. Yeah, so that's like another thing that went down recently. Rujan Murphy was another one. My whole thing is like, what are they trying to distract us from? Why is there like this whole onslaught of like celebrity cancellings going on right well, now? Well, I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? There's cl it's clearly it's something strange. that they they must be like kind of getting everyone kind of yeah, as you as you say, distracted from, and it's kind of hard to tell because. It takes up all of the headlines, so you you wouldn't really know. But I I would suspect that I don't know, maybe it's something to do with uh, 
with, I don't know, though, like every now and then, like all these really worrying headlines come out about the war of Ukraine and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they've got biolabs. Oh, or Alex Jones about... said that there's going to be fucking pandemic 2.0. Yeah, XY bullies. XL bullies also. Yeah, XL is bullies, exactly. It's just, it's just distraction news. bullshit. It's just distraction. So distraction. I don't know, like, I don't know, like, why. I don't know, like, if they think that everyone's really fucking stupid and that they think that there aren't any, like, issues that, like, need to actually. But not just that, yeah, me too. Not just that, all. me too. And well, cancel culture, quote unquote, is back in in, in a really big way because like it kind of sort of died down for a bit. But now it's like the thing that everyone's talking about again. Um, and people were hoping that that was like sort of a relic of you know, 2016 and the aftermath of COVID and all of that shit. I was gonna say COVID was definitely a big cancel. Yeah. <laughs> Because, everyone uh, was bored in that home. Did, if you didn't wear a mask or if you, uh, yeah. if you were like were out of your house for a not of super good reason, people were upset about it. Yeah. So like yeah, during that yeah during that time, cancelling was still in its heat. But I think you know post COVID, people were sort of hoping that it would die down. People were going to get their senses back. Yeah, and that, back yeah. In touch with the, with it, the they were going to touch grass. And things are going to die down. But now it's like back again in a big way. And not only that, obviously, with the Russell Brand situation that's going on, you know, there's this it's a, it's a huge sexual assault case. And like yeah. I was I was shocked because like dispatches whenever there's a dispatches documentary. And for those of you who don't live in the UK and who don't know about this, uh, our like a, like television a, culture, it's like a big like uh, expose, expose documentary. Yeah, not even series, but they would do like different documentaries yeah. on different scandalous things that were happening in the UK. Like I remember the big one, like the big one that sticks in my mind when I hear dispatches is. Do you remember when they were putting horse meat? In, like, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, yeah. The, in some of the really cheap frozen dinners yeah, and stuff and, in yeah. like Iceland and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So, like, dispatches did like a whole fucking yeah, investigation yeah. into the horse meat situation. Yeah. But once I heard that the dispatches was doing a documentary on Russell Brand, I was like, holy shit! Like, it must be serious. Yeah, there must be something like kind of serious going on. And of course, the allegations are like it's ultra serious that have been made. But he made a video preemptively a few, like a day or two or something before, mm-hmm. kind of jumping out ahead. Like, Some serious allegations are coming. Don't don't believe them, truth seekers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, oh my right? god! Like it was. I uh, don't know, man. Like my whole like I don't know to get the stupid. It's elephant. quite painful to watch. Yeah, that documentary. It is. I've it got was... to be honest because it was just like an hour and a half, like a feature length film of like four women telling their stories of various bad behaviors that happened uh, with Russell Brand. Yeah. And, and I also um, don't like how it's getting politicized as well, because I, the one thing, the one thing that makes me sus of him. So let's start with him. One thing that makes me sus on his, of him on his side is the fact that in his preemptive speech, he did politicize it. Mm-hmm. And if I was in his position, even if I felt like I was being pub- falsely accused I don't think I would bring my platform and my truth seekers into it. I'd probably be like, none of this shit matters right now because I'm being accused of something criminal and I need to take a break from all of this mm-hmm. to focus on that. I don't think I'd be trying to drag the public into it on my behalf in that capacity. I can't talk about it here, but join me over on Locals. Yeah, yeah it's sort of like, <laughs> I don't know. I found I thought there was something sketchy about that. But then at the same time, the way that it's sort of being politicized, like in the documentary, there was making clear allusions to him being this MAGA 
right wing adjacent mm. conspiracy yogi or whatever the mm -hmm. fuck basically in an attempt to lump anybody who has alternative or dissident views into the same category yeah definitely which seems to be kind of what the media is attempting to do in a lot of ways but that doesn't take away from the idea that russell may have committed these crimes that he's being accused of <laughs> in fact i wouldn't be surprised if he had some form of misconduct considering his like history is, with women i mean the, the which claims, is, like been noon the claims are very significant yeah so until they're like very well refuted with alibis or proof uh to the contrary i think like, the claim should be taken seriously because i i'm not somebody who's like a uh, guilt. I'm like I believe that someone should be viewed as innocent of, until they're proven them, guilty. One of them, like there was like a like they did a they went to a, like a rape center afterwards. Yeah, and, and so that, that like one a... that evidence needs to come forward, and I'm sure that there's going to be more that comes out from this investigation as Is, time unfolds. Isn't that really easy? Isn't that like just like the like a little hair on the head? Yeah, let's let's or wait. It's only been a couple of days. Let's it, wait. Does let's it have wait. to be? Does it have to be come for come? Let's wait until let's wait until like some more stuff unfolds and as stuff unfolds. Because that's quite embarrassing, having to be asked to go somewhere to come into a cup to make sure that you didn't rape someone. Well, so whatever you have to do to disprove allegations is what you have to do in this case. If it if and if I was in a situation where that was happening to me, whatever it took to prove my innocence is precisely what I would do. And I think it's really irresponsible for him to drag the public into this and try and make it seem as if it's this like truth fighting thing. Like okay. even like your your fight against like the WEF can wait, mate. Clear your name and like fucking do what you gotta do or come clean about the truth either way. Even just like watching the documentary, one of the things that kind of struck me in it again, which I think that happened when I've seen like other documentaries about Russell Brand and like his you know career essentially was that like who the fuck is this guy like he didn't even do stand-up before he was a presenter mm. he was just kind of like plucked out of nowhere mm. and had an agent and was presenting tv shows and had a show on mtv mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and lost it all mm -hmm. and then had to go to rehab like the amount of different arcs that this guy's fucking careers had mm -hmm. is pretty fucking crazy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh you know yeah he's had all this <coughs> kind of like some of the some some public kind of uh you know knowledge about his kind of antics and stuff but of yeah. course it's going to be equal amount of like but the, the other side the other know. side of this that bothers me is that they're trying to lump sort of anyone who's like a dissident or who questions the main narrative on things into the same basket of deplorables. They are trying to shape the narrative. Yeah, the they're trying to shape the narrative in that sort of way. And that's kind of what rubs me the wrong way about it. And also what lends credence to the idea that this is like an attack against him and blah, 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 blah. Truth seekers versus the establishment. I don't think it's that cut and dry. And I think to frame a sexual assault case in that kind of culture war shit is kind of gross and horrible. And I really hate seeing the media spectacle that's currently surrounding it. It and just makes the, me the, like feel the gross. The one thing I would say as well is that as much as like I, I don't really, I'm not really a fan of Russell Brand since he stopped being a comedian. Yeah, basically. same here. To but, be honest, you it's know, tedious as fuck. He just like shouts at people. He shouts at you, and I mean, and that's not to say that I don't appreciate like the there, there's people who are sort of occupying a space where they are cha challenging like the mainstream narrative on certain things 
but despite the fact they're char challenging the mainstream narrative, they're not really challenging the mainstream incentive structure, well, which well, is like the manipulation of the attention economy, all of those different things that end up making you compromise morally you, anyway. What, so you, what I used to appreciate was that he actually covered like British politics and British news. Mm hmm. And that kind of, in a lot of ways, set him apart from a lot of other commentators. Mm -hmm. But now, I don't know, since some sort of, some sort of, you know, management or whatever agency has fucking done it, he has to put, talk about certain issues. And he d doesn't talk about, like, specifically British stuff hardly ever, I think, anymore. No, he talk he, now he mostly talks about COVID and he mostly talks about, you know, a lot of like similar stuff that we talk on on this podcast, like, you know, the abuses of power, the elites, tech, blah, 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 blah. This is sort of his repertoire of like, you know, topics that he kind of circles, cir circles through. Mm -hmm. But he's also kind of very much trying to portray himself as like a dissident, not only a dissident, the dissident. The he's dissident a, voice. And I mean, if I was facing sexual assault charges, I don't think I would be trying to bring my politics into it at all. And I think the fact that he did that was sort of in poor taste. Um, but I also think it's really in poor taste at the same time that the media is using this as an opportunity to be like, oh, MAGA, conspiracy theorists, all those people who like do, who don't trust the mainstream narrative. Look at them. They support rapists. They support Jimmy Savile. They support One Andrew Tate. They support this and that. Like that's the part on that side that I think is really disgusting and morally reprehensible. Um, yeah, it's just gross. It, the media landscape has just become so unhinged, and this incident like really proves it. And I don't know the reason I feel so grossed out about it as well is because I I nearly work. I was almost supposed to work for Russell Brand as well, and like I I was supposed to have a contract and like work on his show, and it didn't end up happening. It didn't end up materializing. But as soon as this happened, I was kind of like a little bit like, okay, maybe it was like a, I, I would have been really stressed out and bewildered right now if I was embroiled in any of this shit or anywhere near it. But I don't, I don't even think it has that it has to do with like him or anyone else per se. I think the media landscape is just like a toxic place and there is like mudslinging, hidden agendas, hidden resentments people who are just nasty anti-social characters lots of people vying for power and position lots of people in positions of power that like abuse them you know and that's not to say that everybody who gets quote-unquote cancelled in terms of like you know people who have, have you know been shown to have definitely like abused their power don't deserve it like there are people who definitely do deserve it and who you know use their positions to you know exercise their demons or whatever but at the same time it's 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 just a disgusting thing to be asked to adjudicate on it mm. and especially in the realm of like culture war and media outlets that are sort of incentivized to use these things when they're politically like expedient it's just i don't know i don't know it just reveals a lot of grossness <laughs> yeah i don't know it is and it's an interesting time isn't it that um it all comes out i guess as mm. he's as he's gaining a lot of prominence in this kind of like alternative internet media space, space and yeah. this kind of like uh you know yeah counter narrative kind of spiel but even the counter narrative i'm, I'm skeptical of like that's the thing 
like the counter narrative i'm skeptical of the mainstream narrative but i'm also skeptical of the lot of lot of the stuff that's like posing itself as counter narrative mm-hmm. at the moment as well and that was one thing that really bugged me was the fact that i if it if i was in that position i wouldn't tie my politics especially knowing how fragile the dissident space is how difficult it is to talk against like the mainstream narrative how easy it is for the waters to get muddied if i was facing that kind of accusation there's no way that i would tie my fucking politics into it like that and like mm-hmm. try and make try and make people uh culpable and responsible for laundering my image Mm -hmm. that's your responsibility this is your this is your thing to deal with and yeah i don't know it's just like it's so fucking weird and like i i don't know the the media landscape just seems to be getting more and more unhinged like as time passes (laughs) and it's so hard to follow it's just like crazy even the whole lizzo thing was like a shock as well because of how like beloved she was Mm -hmm. And also how, you know, she represented, like, something that was almost beyond reproach, like, body positivity. She was somebody who represented, like, loving yourself and all of these different things that people, like, sort of put her on this pedestal for. And I really did believe that she was beyond cancelling. Even she had, like, a bad ego about it. Yeah, was there, like, yeah. being a bossy bitch and yeah. fucking <laughs> rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah. Because, like her ego was clearly way too inflated from all the like way that she'd been built up onto a pedestal. Yeah. 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 You know? And then when you're built up, there's a long way down. Yeah. It's a long way down from the top. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, pretty much. And if you were like, you know, the only dancer or the only act that those women could go and dance for, you'd clearly risen pretty high. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that big ass better fucking take some take some impact, and like well, I don't it's, know, like, I, it's the fact that you're in that think, sort of position Tim, of power. T- Tim, Tim Tim Dillon definitely gave her some sound advice with sort of like saying so you just got to, you got to be got to be hot Lizzo now. You got to stop you know, just like <laughs> drop all this fat stuff, and you got to do the thing and reject all these people that are being mean to you, <laughs> and basically like get hot. And then you can come back and everyone will forgive you, basically. Yeah, get hot. You're like, fuck those bitches. I'm not like that anymore. Now I'm fucking hot, Lizzo. And we're going to do this again. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what she can do. I mean, I think it's, it is like a position of power thing. Because like you said, uh, no one wants to see like super overweight dancers. Or it's just not something that you see very often. And she's like giving them the one opportunity to do this mm-hmm. and to be this. And that is a tremendous amount of power to have over somebody. Yeah. Like, hey, no one else wants you, but I'm... I've created this special, (laughs) unique This special, unique position. Funny how someone could abuse a position. Yeah, of course. And human nature is also, like, you know, kind of... um... It's almost like like every story we've heard come out of Hollywood or the entertainment industry in the last few years pretty much is going to lead you to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're in a way to sort of, like going to create a position like that there should be sort of like active checks and balances or sort of like maybe even just like positions like that should just not be created for the sake of that like even russell brand his whole like spiritual yogi act or whatever dude that documentary was scouring like literally it was literally like in fucking 2000 and whatever the fuck it was like nine or eight when he was doing big brother he was picking three you know university students out of the crowd yeah Every night, yeah, to get their numbers or to get in contact with yeah, them yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah, 
And then, like, the American lady mm-hmm. afterwards is talking about five women a day. Yeah, that, but that was the thing is that during that period... I'm not saying he's fucking raping all those women. <laughs> but th- that would do, that's but what like, I was going to say. During that period, that was his persona, that he was, like, he's this sort of rakish, mercurial figure in the sense that he was known for being a seducer of women. And the more famous he got, the more prolific his sex life got. What, what I'm saying is, if you've got the appetite to be fucking five women a day like i don't even know where, how you'd make time for that <laughs> like if you if you want to between if you, coffee breaks unless, unless you're unless you're really like fucking like using them like condoms and it's just like fucking like oh we're gonna stop here for 10 minutes or like half an hour Wait, so it is what you're that. saying is that for somebody it's to not... have that amount of sexual partners for a male to have that amount of sexual partners he would have to have some kind of a objectified attitude towards women yeah obviously no or is that me being (laughs) is that you being sensitive sensitive and like like, long housed uh, not like not not based enough well i i I agree with you i think that i feel like because he says because that kind that level of promiscuity does in does like indicate like some kind of you're gonna fuck a stranger like for me that's gonna require at the if i'm really horny at the minimum an hour to like have a drink or a smoke if they're fucking cool and like break the ice like, <laughs> not just straight fucking oh bang, brr, brr, yep oh you're here so you know what you're here for great take it all off yeah let's fucking go boom, boom, boom. and then it's like i've already seen everything like no <laughs> like that's just like it's too that's like that's mechanical yeah that that, that shows an even deeper pathology yeah and like yeah sickness yeah. in yeah. a lot of ways yeah, yeah, does yeah, it yeah. not yeah so yeah. For, so like i don't know for me like generously I'm giving like an hour per, <laughs> per lady this to like break the ice you. and like try and sweet like that. and try and uh, try and try and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. But then that's like five hours a day. Yeah, five. That's hours what I mean. Dedicating a, a lot of time, but he was like a prolific seducer. Well, not well. Like he. That's and how do you dispose of the woman afterwards? Clearly, it's just, he it's just like had a, a me- he had his methods of. It's of, already just like a, oh, I've got a call with Hollywood or like you know. <laughs> some other bullshit and then you're, you're just off the hook i got a call with the producer like, and it's just i'm gonna be in forgetting sarah marshall three honey so yeah. i need you out by four i got p diddy on the phone like <laughs> it's just as simple as that well you know well basically after that he sort of claimed to have calmed down and have sort of become a family man and started doing yoga and meditation and all this spiritual stuff and he tried to sort of totally transform his image and, you know, kind of as a man who had left behind Hollywood and pursued an intellectual life and a life of spiritual seeking and knowledge seeking and truth seeking and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> there wasn't, it could be an element of like somebody who had a lot of darkness in their past because he was very open about his like drug addiction and his sex addiction. Like I read his books and stuff when I was in my early 20s and blah 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 and like he was very open about his struggles with that sort of thing mm-hmm. and you know he, he could very well be somebody who had a very dark past and sort of tried to compensate for it by taking on this persona of political activism and spiritual enlightenment you know that's like almost an archetype at this point it's like a pattern it's something that we see constantly and i think it should tell us something about people yeah and power and um fame 
and how it kind of works. J J George has uh, got a good little comment here. He's just like, like anyone else, I love sex, but no one needs to bone that often. <laughs> Go read a book or something. Bro. <laughs> yeah, and that was exactly that's exactly yeah. why I think he was... he's so heavily into spirituality yeah. and like all yeah. of this stuff now is to like try and like you know take his mind off of i know maybe that's just like the way his mind works and well, like that's, he, he, his that's what he's very open about like it in that. his books like with his addiction and stuff how he's like incredibly libidinal and addicted and he has the addictive personality and when he was younger he would binge eat because he was quite a chubby kid mm -hmm. and he would binge eat and he was like a, addicted to food and then it became drugs once he started taking psychedelics and smoking weed and then it sort of trailed into harder stuff and then once he got clean from drugs because it was going to damage his career and that's one other thing is the fact that he had so many chances because he when he was big brother's big mouth he was like on heroin and like fucking yeah. up and like most if you're a working class person trying to break into british television especially if you're a drug addict you don't get chances yeah. the way that he got chances like it just and he had uh, like a team of people who were sort of working around him mm -hmm. to make his career get to the level that it and also he did he broke into hollywood which is very rare for british comedians mm -hmm. especially on his level starting from like you know well comedian, being a host. comedians quote unquote that were just funny people yeah. funny personalities yeah yeah he wasn't like a stand-up guy or somebody who had a tv show like ricky gervais or no this was somebody who was like a host you know, who then rose to become a stand-up and then rose to become something else. So his career trajectory is also quite puzzling in that sense as well. Even my favorite bits of his, like, TV career being, like, Brand X, the t chat show that he did in America for a while and stuff, that was all actually written by this other fucking guy. Mm. And Russell was just, like the actor the elvis presley yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is nothing to take away from elvis presley or even russell brand and like the the talents that they've got but they are just like a good looking charismatic person yeah that confront something yeah but they don't actually ha they can't actually generate anything themselves and i think that's also part of the guilt and part of the prolificism that he's had with youtube and all this other stuff because it's like this is what i can generate this is what I can do because I feel like any everybody's too afraid to take a chance on being creative. Yeah. And that's why even someone with all the doors open within entertainment and whatever else, instead of like, I don't know, put half, half the budget in of your own money for a TV show or something. Yeah. You would like make a, an easy thing that you can manage on YouTube yeah. and do and do it that way yeah. where you can just kind of give your opinions on politics and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's generative in like a certain sense, but it's also kind of like has its limits. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also kind of fairly more free from ridicule than if you try to do something creative but it, that's what, another thing that puzzles me no one wants me. to fail that's no, the whole no one's nobody fail. wants to fail but that's fail. the thing that puzzles me about him too is because he did actually genuinely walk away from the entertainment industry in when he could have stayed in it in a much higher capacity like he was at his, the height of his fame during the sort of forgetting Sarah Marshall yeah. married to Katy Perry years and he could have very well become a Hollywood playboy he was accepted into the inner circles he was very much in there and he just kind of up and left 
and nobody knows why and then all of a sudden he's like prancing around being political telling people to vote for labor then saying actually no don't vote for labor then he disappears for a while and closes his youtube channel down then he comes back again after a long hiatus after having studied and like fucking taken baths with wim hof or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. like you know he gets inducted into that whole Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan milieu of people, you know, and like, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy because now it's embroiled in this larger political struggle between quote unquote dissident independent media, if mm -hmm. you can even really call it that, and the mainstream fucking conglomerate corporate backed media mm -hmm. um, and Russell's reputation is now sort of the thing that's being used to you know metastasize stigma to everyone who mm -hmm. isn't who goes against the mainstream narrative well, it's, basically. it's not just him i guess is it? it's like also andrew tate yeah and andrew like, tate and like know. elon musk and all the sort of bad boys of the dissident blah, i don't know blah, if blah, elon blah. musk has like rape charges against oh him, they, like they said that they said that anyway. he like looked up a stewardess's skirt or something like that like all of them have some. That's pretty sort tame, as far as billionaire sins go. <laughs> that's pretty tame. Like, there's no human trafficking operations. Yeah, that's pretty tame. So, like, I, I I'm willing to give him a pass for. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like old school. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty old yeah. school. He's like, he's like uh, trying to take after Warren Buffett or something. <laughs> a little, a little casual butt pinching. Yeah, exactly. We have another um comment. Uh, after having studied and taken baths with Winhoff, whatever, that about sums it up. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. yeah, I mean... I so, yeah, Russell, like, you know, he's he's an interesting figure, but, like, at the end of the day, like, that was that's kind of my most of my criticism of him. And then yeah. if it does turn out that he is, like, um, a full-on rapist, like, that is... Uh, but what about... what? Know, yeah, well... Not, not We have great. to wait. I believe in, like, you know things being adjudicated appropriately before people jumping to conclusions. And I mean, there've been a few times in culture right now where Kevin there have, Spacey, yeah, eh? Kevin Spacey, that's one thing no one wanted to talk about. And then also Justin Roiland as well. Justin Roiland They're got still acquitted. trying to come for him. I thought he was acquitted no, or whatever. No, I saw, I, saw I saw an article that was either, sh it was shared or it was either written he, like, wrote, only like some the super villain tweet where he was like, Y'all try to come for me, bitches, or whatever, but it was all fake news and lies. Yeah, like, I, I, but I don't know. There was, like, another article that came out recently of him say, uh, saying that he was using the fact that he made Rick and Morty or whatever, the fact that he could do Rick and Morty voices to, like, groom children, essentially. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is you know, going on? There's, there's a fresh wave coming oh for Justin Roiland. He definitely didn't sign the too contract. Too many scandals. Like, I need I need air. He I did, need air. He didn't sign it's the Illuminati contract. He refused it. There's and so too many this scandals is the consequence. Going on. This is the it's consequence. Too much. It's too much for my brain to handle right now. Wait, so what? That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So wait, so Justin Roiland, uh, who else? Okay, Kevin Spacey. It came out that Kevin Spacey, well, he was acquitted at the in trial. In the British courts, he was acquitted of the uh, but nobody really that he was doing at the at the Queen the Queen Vic is it the no the old Vic the old Vic yeah the, the old famous theatre the Queen um, Vic is the pub in EastEnders <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah like um Kevin Spacey it came out that he was you know acquitted or whatever and like no one really talked about that people had a lot of things to say when they when he was guilty yeah 
But then again, even then, even then, there are still people who believe that despite the acquittal, he's still guilty and that he still deserves stigma and scrutiny. I'm disappointed he didn't do another like in character bit, like declaring his victory or whatever from getting acquitted. What? He was all really quick to like get into Frank Underwood and be like, you think you've seen that? <laughs> but I'm actually going to be back sooner than you think because I'm an evil bastard. Look at me. <laughs> like he did a full fucking like monologue in he character. Did. He did. And then like, I wanted, I where's the full monologue to come back, bro? You got to have a comeback monologue. No, dude. What kind of, what kind, know, of what kind of, uh, what kind of like fucking arc is that where you don't have a, a comeback monologue? I don't That's know, like man. anime 101. <laughs> you need a comeback monologue. You can't have like, oh, I'll see you again one day, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, you're back. Like you, you're you're not guilty. Everyone, like you, you can be back again. And he's just like, oh well, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> like what the fuck? You got to have something to say. Well, yeah, well, he, I, he didn't I, have anything to he say. He was a great actor. He's definitely kind of like he did some dodgy fucking films in the period where he like he. Yeah. Was, uh, I'm gonna put that down to mental stress and like <laughs> you know. Like it must be a lot to go through what he went through, so I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna I put mean, out it's another just mental a cruel stress. World, and that's the thing about these things. It's, it's it, reminds, it reminds me of the last duel. I feel like we need to rewatch the last duel. Oh, what a film! What, what, what a, film. a great film! Because it's never about like the truth or getting down to the bottom of a situation. It's always about sensationalism and political tribalism, and that's what things get like you know adjudicated based on, and that's terrifying, and that's and that just shows how cruel the world is. And how fucked up human nature is. And like, I don't know, it freaks me out. And I, I think I, I also have like a unique trauma around this sort of cancel culture. Because my first brush with canceling back in the very, very early days of Angie Speaks was like around something similar where someone had been accused. Someone who was like a patron mm-hmm. had been accused of like doing some sexual assault shit. And it's not like I knew this person personally or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were a patron because I didn't like immediately like get rid of them and cancel them and get embroiled in all the drama that was surrounding them. I was also guilty, guilty by, by association. association. 1984. Which fucking... is like the fucking bullshit that happens. Same thing with like someone like Richard Ayoade. You know, Graham Linehan, as I was saying, he's the guy who did Father Ted, blah, blah, blah legendary comedy yeah. tv writer basically yeah. like if anybody if, some, if someone like critical. him asked you to like write a nice thing for him in yeah. your book it would be an honor yeah it like, would that's be. kind of the point of uh, like if, and richard if wrote, richard wrote a uh, richard wrote a, a quote for his book and then you know people what came after him were calling him transphobic you know it's not as if richard has endorsed graham lionhan's views or anything he's just like endorsing the work of a man who he respects and who he owes his career to it would be like if chuck laurie like if the guy who wrote two and a half men and stuff yeah if he was writing a book yeah but he was also like against the against trans people (laughs) against the trans ideology or however whatever you say it (laughs) anti-woke yeah yeah then like you wouldn't be allowed to to like write a quote for his book or whatever because because of that. Yeah, it's the whole guilt by association thing. Now you know Richard Ayoade is he's been a tough all along. 
He's a secret. He's a secret uh, transphobe bigot. You know. Well, who, who he's, else? He's awful. We, who, else we is, who else is on your list? Who else is on your list? So many. Rujin Murphy again. Rujin we, Murphy. We talked about Rujin Murphy. Someone's talking about Rujin Murphy. Oh yeah, uh, we did talk about Rujin Murphy in like the episode. Before yeah, we last, talked about. We? Yeah, we talked about Rujin Murphy before. Everyone knows that we love Rujin Murphy. Just so we, many. We stand by Rujin Murphy. We do. We we stand Rujin Murphy no matter what. <laughs> It was Ninja Tune that's doing bad things and donating to a charity that she kind of like ethically disagrees with. I feel like that's real shitty on you, Ninja Tune, and that's big minus points in uh, in my heart. Even though you're one of my favorite labels of all time, yeah, which is really gay. The thing that but... annoys me is that I hate that establishment versus anti-establishment gets tied up in all of this bullshit. Because like that is a something i take seriously yeah like i do think there are real problems well, morally in our... i think like that's what that's to me what kind of like uh you know philosophy and everything else should be about is kind of like about your morals and what you think is right and wrong and um if you're gonna if someone's gonna take a stance to, or, or say something in what they deemed was in the best interests of children like in you know they're not coming at it from a vindictive angle or anything mm-hmm and then you want to directly undermine them and do something that is essentially against the moral effort or ethic, ethical effort of that person was advocating yeah, for. Yeah, it's fucked up. That is morally really a shit thing to do. Yeah, like, it's reprehensible. There's no which way you look about it. That's That lacks honor. But that's, that is, that's the uh... thing is, is it, those are the two <laughs> poles of culture right now. You have those sort of weaselly authoritarian like woke assholes no you will support it yeah because i will make you support yeah. it because i am the label and i will put all of the money that your album makes into the very thing that you despise yeah yeah it's really like, fucked that's up. like a fucking sauron level kind of like yeah mo- or like move on one side you have the sort of woke authoritarian freaks and then on the other side you have people who are trying to take advantage of like people's dissident energy by being like, I'm the answer, support me, I have the truth, I'm helping you seek the truth sort of thing. And it's, oh, everything bad that happens to me is the matrix coming after me type of thing. So there are these two like sort of poles of culture that are warring against each other right now. And it's just like really silly to watch. And like the matrix is this fucking silly narrative bullshit that they're always trying to spin for some reason or another. Like, I feel like all the distraction is just around like all of the stuff that everyone's pissed off about yeah do you know what i mean yeah like you you were talking about something the other day this is totally unrelated but you were talking about something the other day that people were like starting to get really pissed off about all the hs2 stuff in england mm-hmm. and how people are suspecting that it's like covid and the tories have essentially like pocketed shitloads of money yeah because it's super you have to explain budget. to people what hs2 so hs2 is. is like this massive train infrastructure project in we, the UK. we're having nigerian problems in the uk right now basically even though we've with got, corruption <laughs> even though we've got a train to birmingham we want to build another train to birmingham that like saves 30 minutes or not even that much i think i think like 10 minutes i think that's literally all, <laughs> all it really saves in the long run is it's 10 minutes faster than the one that's already there and um, it's cost so many like millions or billions already, and it's already over budget and over date and all of the stuff like over, over when it's expected to be built and finished. And um, lots of people are suspecting that people like in power throughout the most of the building of this infrastructure project over the last ten years, which has been the Tories, have essentially just like done the same thing that they did with uh, 
COVID, which is kind of like, I guess, a good thing in a way. It's made everyone kind of realize how people kind of end up kind of pocketing money or gaining favors or doing whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like not this direct like, oh, you paid me and I like I got the budget for this thing and I literally put it in my pocket. It's like, no, it's not like that direct. It's like all through these weird things like, oh, now I can hire this guy to do something which he can't isn't even qualified to do. He's just set up a company yesterday Mm -hmm. for our little scheme that we met at the pub and we chatted about. And now I've given him the contract to do this thing, which he can't fucking deliver. Yeah. And then there'll why, be... What's your point, though? Why are you bringing HS2 up? Because, like, uh, fucking... Like, it's just, like, people are... It's, just, it's distraction. It's distraction from shit like that. It's distraction from, like, people realizing, like, what, like... You know, demanding the things that they actually w- want to see changed in mm-hmm. reality around them. And not just superficial bullshit mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. celebrity fucking culture and culture war shit as well which is another form of crack people are addicted to like j george just said i want some sort of dialectical alternative to the woke slash anti-woke culture war so bad you and me both brother you and me fucking both (laughs) we start making the the who gives a shit gang and like fucking all just have a big old rave (laughs) <laughs> like i feel like that's what we need to do yeah desperately just put like who the who gives a shit gang desperately i don't know i'm when i, I wish like it, we were in a time when things like this happened people just cared about getting to the bottom of the truth yeah rather than like how it impacts their ideological team oh i'm already baked in with this team and if i've like want to go and look at the truth and it unveils something bad that my team is fucking associated with then that means I've done a bad thing politically. And so yeah. I can't really go through with that. And I need to mangle this information and actually figure out a way I can blame the other team. Yeah. And, and like, it's just, a, it's completely disingenuous. So we just need to, I think it's getting to the stage where, like, I don't know, it, it feels like, uh, like the, especially the, and this the, year. The liberals are just as guilty of it. Like, don't get me wrong. They're doing the same thing by being like, he's a MAGA conspiracy theorist, blah, 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 blah. And all the people who, like, believe anything other than the official narrative, they're just, like, they're Russell Brand. They're kooky wackos. Yeah, and they're, like, rapey. <laughs> they, they, like, support fucking literal Epstein fucking like, murder. I feel like in this year, fucking... more than ever, the kind of narrative or whatever, the narrative TM has been, like, getting to this sort of, like, crescendo feeling yeah it's too you know much I mean? it's too much for me i'm literally like where like there's me this feel where like there's the, it's also it, it feels like headache. it's leading up to some sort of like really kind of big conclusive event well like the 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 major psyop the yeah. prime psyop yeah and I, don't know, I don't know if that like could that could be a million things at the moment that could be the fucking war in russia that could be fucking uh, the the next election and aliens. like just you know God knows what it, it could, could be, be fucking aliens it could be whatever the fuck like it like it feels like it, like the, the grand psyop the, the pressure cooker is like cooking more than it ever has done yeah it's like one minute to midnight as they said like do you know what I mean yeah and so it's just it really um, but even then also the I think disillusionment is also compounding itself as well because I think that. Um, especially when it comes to all these celebrity cancellations, most of the people are people, again, who have people who really looked up to. And, like, part of our sort of... Part of the thing that's, like, replaced religion in secular times is celebrity worship. 
and the amount of like weight people place on celebrities, how people model their personalities after but celebrities. It's such a new phenomenon, though. Yeah, it's a new phenomenon. It's such a new phenomenon. Yeah. Like this, it, like this is unfounded. But like, now this is not something that has ever happened in human history. But it's like, ever. it's like it's, it inspires the same nihilism as when like an idol falls or like a god dies in the same way. Like people who grew up watching Ashton Kutcher and that '70s show that didn't want to think about him potentially like stumbling in on his dead girlfriend or whatever mm -hmm. and then like not calling the police because he was oh, worried yeah, about the, his so career that, so that's or the, some Ash, shit this is the big juicy ashton kutcher story this is pretty fucking wild so i hope you're all seated down whilst you're listening to this but basically fucking all of this crazy scientology stuff has been popping off recently because another rapist <laughs> danny masterson was found guilty and like he got found guilty for life in prison and so he's got a life in prison sentence uh for basically serial raping like two or three women um and i think there was probably even more but like those there was at least three women like actually in the trial and kind of like committing evidence and doing all sorts of uh stuff to go through it legally <clears throat> mm -hmm. and ashton kutcher and mila kunis both wrote um glowing reviews to the judge of Danny Masterson's character and mm -hmm, like who he is mm -hmm, as a person mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because obviously they all started out together. They all started their career together mm -hmm. on that 70s show. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Mila Kunis at the time was actually only 14. I thought she was actually older <laughs> than that. The story I seem to remember was that she uh, was I don't even not quite 18, that she was, uh, she was 17. Was she 17? I thought she was like, I thought she was like at least 18 or 19. The fact no, that she was younger than that, that really you, like you, freaks you were, me out. You were supposed to be 18 to be on the show and to be cast, but she lied about her age. And I thought she'd only lied a little bit like she was, she was 17. But mm. in the information that's come out recently, she was a lot younger than that. She was 14 when she was on that show. Mm. And Ashton um, started dating her. He was like, 19 i think at the time wow and then like they stopped dating or whatever and like for a bit because they're obviously back together now he stopped they stopped dating for a bit he then went to go and meet this other girl for a date and um he went to her house and she was there dead and instead of calling the cops um, Ashton rang Danny Masterson and his at the time girlfriend who was one of these women who was in the trial and so when Ashton wrote this review of uh, Danny's character and all of these allegations were going about him that he had raped and done all this stuff and that uh, this woman in particular was basically saying you know what Danny had done and you know that he did he had done this like I know that you you, what he's got on you and why you're holding back and that this is essentially why and this was like a piece of blackmail that um danny masterson slash scientology had had on Aston kutcher and mila kunis for a really long time was this whole shady fucking story about him stumbling across his dead fucking girlfriend at the start of his career yeah um that they helped bury yeah i mean it's a real it's a real twilight of the idols cultural moment in like this sort of Nietzschean sense, like people have sort of vested all this faith and hope into celebrities. Even someone like Russell Brand 
to a lot of people represented this man who had overcome addiction and become like a family man mm-hmm. and was now spiritually leading people and opening their eyes and blah, 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 blah. Like people, you know, Twilight of the Idols is it's about nihilism and it's about like, you know, the nihilism that comes once the idols have like, you know, fallen. And I feel like people are experiencing this like grand disillusionment now as much as it's like a distraction. I also think it's also meant to, it's also like demoralizing people in this really like interesting way, but hang on. We have, we have some comments. Um, do you want to, uh, Marina says, sorry, but a friend said to me during lockdown, once it feels like, um, sorry, said to me during lockdown once Mm. it feels, Oh, sorry. (laughs) I can't do everything. sorry go on go um okay a friend said to me during lockdown once it feels like the world's running faster and faster into the dark but i don't know where we're going or why and it feels like nobody really knows and i've been thinking about it more and more over the past couple of years and i think it's very true uh yeah Definitely. Like, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. And I'm not sure, uh, you know, what the head trip is as well, is that this is where I get all kind of Robert Anton Wilson about it, is that, like, I don't know if I feel like that because that is a kind of natural conclusion to feel or a natural response to feel that way from the information presented, the lack of hope for the future, the kind of options politically presented, all of the the current situation, etc. Or if actually you naturally feel that way because you're supposed to, and that the, a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of the situation is, is, is fairly engineered and you're, you're supposed to be feeling that Mm -hmm, way mm -hmm. so that you're easily tethered and untethered from kind of anything and you're easily led and led astray into whatever like I've seen an awful lot of um, army recruitment advertisement <laughs> wow, go up wow, in the UK, wow. in London, like go up wow. considerably more than I've ever seen it probably. Wow. But I've lived in London in the seven years that I've been here in the, in the last like two months, I've seen like more wow. adverts on buses and on YouTube adverts and whatever the fuck than ever before. And I don't know if that's like my, I, I'm not the fucking age demographic dude i'm like fucking nearly 30 like you know my my physical peak as they say if like if you were if you were looking at me on a fifa transfer list (laughs) i'm not gonna be up there i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be up there on like a top pick you know (laughs) so i don't think it's targeted targeted advertising i think that like you know the people are kind of being led to feel this way for a particular reason and that's kind of what makes me push against it more than anything Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. to kind of because if you're led to feel that way there's kind of probably something else that you are not feeling that is actually kind of the truth of the situation Mm -hmm. or whatever or there's like something that a few different uh people i've i've heard uh use this phrase to describe a couple of different things it's like a limited hangout so and that that essentially means that we only know a portion of the pie and that's kind of like why we feel exactly like this but if you knew the pie then you wouldn't feel like that and so 
that is kind of that all comes again around the nature of secrecy, the fabric of reality, all of these kinds of things that is wrapped up in all of the kind of a lot of the UFO stuff and 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 other things. But that's I, don't, I hate to always bring stuff back to that. Yeah. <laughs> it all I'm, comes. I'm not. Back I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying it to. It always comes back to the UFO. <clears throat> I'm not trying to. But that's, like, but that's reality's unraveling in front of our very eyes. No, but that's eyes. no, but that's kind of my point. Is that like like even that like even that like the suspicion that people have around that yeah around why that's coming around now yeah like is that a distraction yeah from like what the like what is the real thing and what yeah, is the real, real thing? thing yeah and like you know so there's always this kind of paranoia about mm-hmm. whatever information You're is getting receiving. told at the moment yeah and so i don't know how and i think everybody is in this state now of like whatever information they might receive which doesn't maybe go in whatever fucking direction they might like it to go in. Yeah, they just reject very quickly it. to just go, oh, well, that's just sort of like something that's probably being engineered by something to make me feel and like a certain thing. kind Does of way. Do you think that Russell is cynically manipulating that by being like, oh, guys, it's this is a conspiracy against me because he knows that we're now in this era at this of time and blah, 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 blah. At, at this moment in time, without like, you know, fucking video evidence or something really crude, only Russell and those women fucking know. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's kind of the whole fucking point <laughs> Is that about we're in this Me weird... Too. Yeah. And it's yeah. even the same situation with the UFO shit. Is literally like what some people have said versus what some other people have said. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, we need more yeah, than that to go on, on to actually, actually like, feel like... Uh, you know, you none could, of this matters. You could have a rational kind of position. And then, on and this then in like your you mind. said, the stuff that does matter is like HS2, this like massive government embezzlement fucking corruption. Alleged, thing. alleged government embezzlement, whatever the fuck. Yeah, because there's not even been a big, there's not even been a big fucking no, investigation. There's been several stories about like how bad HS2 is ripping through like ancient woodlands and like all of these kinds of different things. But it's not gone into actually the financials of HS2 but in terms and of tracked the a lot that of materially that and like affect seen people, how it's cost that much. In terms of the things insane. that actually materially affect people, like that stuff is obviously glossed over and overlooked in in favor of sensationalism and tribalism. And that seems to be more and more of the media environment right now. And the media in general is toxic. And that's why it attracts toxic characters, in my opinion. Crack, crack, uh, knack, not crack, <laughs> sorry, crack for that. You're not crack for that. It's knack for that. <laughs> no, when I said bury the story, I meant um, bury the story, not the not the dead girl <laughs> that Ashton Kutcher found, apparent, uh, you know, in, in, <laughs> in the house. It's just such a wild fucking thing to say out loud. But yeah, um, I think the reason why the media attracts pernicious characters... Like, even me, I've been orbiting it for a while, writing for certain publications. Well, like I said, I was going to work on Russell Brand's show. That was going to be a prospect last year that didn't come mm-hmm. to fruition. And I can say that in my time, having sort of traversed these circles, it does attract pernicious characters. Mm-hmm. And the reason it attracts pernicious characters is because it fucking works towards pernicious ends. Division, sensationalism, attention-seeking. All of those things. Well, it's even you know? like, uh, it's even just to, uh, 
to talk a little bit about a royal cancelling that's getting a little bit more attention oh, recently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Prince Andrew's that, back in the fucking news again. Well, for valid reason as well. Yeah. Was that someone was essentially going to write <coughs> a... Pro- I think this would have probably been the first biography about Prince Andrew done about him since all of the Jeffrey Epstein stuff and his settled court case with Virginia Guffrey and everything else, right? Yeah, and so he put in uh, information request on royal correspondence or something or other, but around, around an official position he had for the government, for, around international trade relationships or you know some other kind of fucking zero uh, a no show job, you know, like uh, as the as the mob would say, like the yeah. a fucking no show job, like your name is on the thing. Maybe you go to on a trip to New York and you have a nice dinner, but. You're not doing anything. You just don't. You're on the books, mm-hmm. and you're making the fucking money. With that's a tax paid paid job, by the way. Wow. So that was enough as a, of a scandal as it is. But like, you know, how much work he even did. But then not only that, this guy's kind of looking into it because um, I think he was in New York around the time when uh, he was actually in New York for something to do with this organization when. Um, he met Jeffrey Epstein after he came out of prison the first time mm-hmm. in 2011. Mm-hmm. 11, yeah. And that's when he then resigned from this position and everything else. So then this journalist went to go and write this biography, long story short, sorry, rambling, <clears throat> and uh, requested information. And they said that that information is blocked for another 63 years or something like this. So yeah. it's only going to be available. And Andrew is already 62 or 60. I think it was... I can't remember if they said it's going to be blocked for 65 years and he's 63 years old or if they said it's going to be blocked for 63 and he's 65 years old. Yeah. One of those ones. Fucking Google it. And, and this is something out. notorious but- again in the British establishment is them covering up. And that's also why the the Russell Brand story was also is also so and dispatch the dispatches expose is also so explosive because you know the institutions that he was part of like the BBC XXY have a history of covering for like fucking sexual predators. British, um, British you institutions know, tend to be quite molesty. British TV presenters that had a yeah. history of raping, you know, and that's that, why it's so explosive probably, and why it's like, dude, like, there's probably five that come to your mind, yeah, like, you're, you're without like, even thinking without about, even Russell, about Brand. Russell Brand. So, um, like, it's, it's there's definitely like a problem around that that topic in sort of british yeah. culture and, and just even so the affiliation anyway. at alone as a comedian who's been in the it's just like it's explosive um they yeah. did manage to edit a lot of his like little stand-up bits around the stories very well to make him seem very seedy but then again you don't you never know i don't know it's just i don't know i don't know it's like like i said We'll never know. And the fact that it's done in this sensationalist, like, fucking fashion. And they were acting like rappers who were going to drop a track. Like, mm, this Saturday, dispatches. And he's, like, there doing his diss track preemptively before. It's just, like, really silly if only was, and weird. If only, and, like... if only it was creative as that. <laughs> I wish it was creative as that. Like, I feel I feel like it's such a, it's such a cop-out to kind of uh, do something... Like, 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 just do that, and that's why, I, like, I, I'd like the idea, or you know, I'm probably never ever gonna get to go there, but like, I like the idea that Joe Rogan opened up that comedy club in Austin. Yeah, mm. do you know what I mean? Why? What about it? Because like, it's not, it's not just 
doing a podcast and like commenting and stuff. Yeah. It's like trying to do something. Yeah. Like he is, and from all accounts that I've heard, is make is tried to make like the perfect place to kind of nurture comedy talent. Mm-hmm. Like every show, it's like phones locked in bags. It's mm-hmm. fucking like you know, it's a it's a good environment where no one feels like they're gonna have to suffer with any of this sh- yeah. <laughs> shit and get cancelled. And maybe you know, there's a good kind of cancelling and a bad kind of cancelling. Maybe there's kind of a, even a conversation there where like if someone <coughs> has proven to have done really like heinous like acts, and if you're a serial rapist like Danny Masterson, at all it like fucking if all of these accounts were actually true as well like russell brand he how he would be uh charged with life in prison mm-hmm. like danny masterson was mm-hmm. and that's what he's that's what that's that's the 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 value of his sins that mm-hmm. he's done and so it's not to say that there's like there's that like canceling is always kind of like bad and it's like woke to cancel people well it's not even cancelling it's It's like if somebody is a criminal then they should be treated like a criminal exactly and we should as a society have the due processes to find out what's true your attitude and and then find out how people should be treated based on that instead sensationalism and bullshit like rules the day which is what pisses me off the fact of the matter is like we have the reason why we have to we put people in front of a jury of eight men and we make it very difficult to take away someone's there's, freedom. There's always two. Well, thoughts. let me finish. We, we make it we make it very difficult to t- take away someone's freedom without having a process, is because we value freedom as a society. Otherwise, we would have some barbaric process that just kind of made people guilty without having to really prove beyond a reasonable doubt than they are. And, and that's the thing. There's always two courts, though. And there's even the court like, of even yeah, like that, said, and then with, there's uh, the court with of Kevin Spacey, community. right? Yeah, like Kevin Spacey isn't a charismatic guy. And so people still think he's a rapist because he looks the way he looks. And he did that creepy Frank Underwood character yeah. when he was getting accused about yeah. everything. Public opinion is a like, brutal court. So and it's scary. It, Johnny it Depp scary, even. Yeah. Johnny Depp yeah. was pretty much all but cleared in all of the fucking bullshit that went on between yeah. him and Amber Heard. Yeah, there's he's his like his total public opinion. I don't know if it's completely fully shifted as like, you know, backers when he was fucking parts of the caribbean top of the world johnny boy mm-hmm. like it's uh it's different time now yeah yeah and so there's always two courts no matter what no yeah, matter what like yeah. there's always going to be and that's just human nature we live in a fucking society as uh <laughs> as Arthur we live in a society we live in a fucking in true society Arthur Fleck fashion <laughs> as uh, <Arthur laughs> look at Fleck your outfit say. right what, now what as well what you think this is a pretty uh sigma outfit yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the most Sigma outfit you've worn yet. <laughs> Feminists still hate Depp. There you go. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, d- I don't think that it's, it's like, if he was proven to not do anything bad and, like, beat women or rape them or murder someone, <laughs> you know? Like, who is it? Ferris Bueller. That's what why people fuck, don't man? like Ferris Bueller, man. <laughs> Because he fucking killed that person in what? Ireland. Wait, <laughs> Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Matthew what? Broderick. He never won public opinion back over because he fucking killed that person in Ireland oh and goodness. he didn't take no, responsibility for it. Oh my it. goodness. He was drunk driving and he fucking killed someone. Oh my god. And just skipped back to America. Oh my god. And like people, I feel like that's why he's not in many films. Oh my gosh. He's a great actor. But like he's like, he's like, I, he can't 
be in that many films because people don't want to see that much Matthew Broderick. Or even like make, Tiffany Haddish. Every time they see him, it makes them bring up the fact that he fucking killed someone <laughs> in like 1980, whatever the fuck. Even Tiffany Haddish as well. Remember Tiffany Haddish? Yeah. She, um... Overrated. Yeah, like, really she, overrated. She's annoying. She was, she was She's okay really in annoying. that one... She was okay in that one Eric Andre film. Like, she suited the bit in that Eric Andre film. I don't know. I but, just find like, her really I, annoying I, and obnoxious. I haven't, I haven't seen any stand-up of hers or any. She's just of like obnoxious, and like, I don't know. She's funny. No, like, but she got cancelled for similar allegations. Came out. She did some weird sketch with like kids that mm-hmm. was like really inappropriate or something. But then this week at the VMAs, she was there. She kind of just like invited herself there. Chill. And like was yelling at Shakira from across the room. <laughs> And try to get like attention or whatever. It's pretty based. And <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not cancelled. I'm still here, guys. I'm still here, bitch. <laughs> and that's like a very her thing to do, I think, is to just like show up anyway and like, you know. Fuck it, why not, dude? Who's gonna stop you? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think obviously there are lots of people who are like, you know, unfairly targeted, and that's why it pisses me off when people who you know, try to use this sort of dissident political posture as a way of, like, avoiding accountability. Because there are people who are legitimately unfairly targeted for, you know, sticking up for their beliefs. Jay George, you need to produce the podcast, bro. You need to be giving us topics. Didn't Haddish bite Beyonce once? <laughs> what? How, like how? Keep, keep talking. I'm gonna find this. We have to. We have to find this. I don't think that's true. Um, that should be I easy. I think the to Illuminati find. would have like sacrificed her if she did that. Haddish bite. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish bites Beyonce. It comes up in the Google also fucking suggestions. What? Who the hell bit Beyonce in the face? Demanded. Kristen Corey at Vice. In June, we finally learned the answer in a new interview with Hollywood reporter Haddish. Heavily implied that Beyonce Biter was none other than Sanaa Lathan. Well, it, it's not Tiffany Haddish then. Yeah. Oh, so she, that was like a bit that she did, like who bit Beyonce? What? <laughs> I don't know. It's all gotten lost in the weeds now. Yeah, it's now. all gotten it's lost all, in the weeds. It's all become... But how isn't isn't that just so representative of how everything has become? It's just like a Russian doll of like mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> just like layers and layers of mental illness. That's just like the culture now. Well, and I'm not sure how to deal with it. I mean, it's just like that's what frustrates me. I guess a little bit about, and not frustrates me in a way because a lot of the evidence that the I guess that they. Well, it wasn't really evidence. It was just like these women telling their stories. And that's the thing, isn't it? Well, there it? was some like evidence that was produced of... with the Russell Brand thing. There were text messages. There were some like, text messages with one of them. That implied that, you know, something terrible happened. There was like... Like, that... she says no means no in one of them. And he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's a weird response. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it is. What do you mean, sorry? <laughs> like, why would you even be trying to talk to that woman again after you did that? Like, especially after the description of what she said, like, it's just literally, or maybe that's all just like part of the psyop. Who the fuck knows? That is like literally the fun of the fun of now, isn't it? And I guess like that's kind of what post COVID me has been, has been a little bit about. What? It's just sort of like, you know, no one knows anything. Yeah. The reality is like, who knows? So just like focus on at the moment. Yeah. 
as much as you can. Focus, focus on at the moment as much as you can because, like, honestly, like, who the fuck knows how long this fucking hamster wheel is going to keep running? Yeah. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous, bro. <laughs> like, even, like, despite all of the other shit, just, like, just the very basis of, like, all of, like, everyone's inflation shit and all of this shit is going up. Like, economy's all fucked all around the world. Like, it's all because it's all based upon a fucking, like, completely unsustainable model. You know what I mean? Like, how how long do, does all of this shit just, like, keep going on before, like, it all just fucking... No, even just that, the, the global order is also shifting, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, with the whole BRICS situation and the fact that, like, even with the G20, like, America was there, like, a fucking beggar. And, like, well, I wouldn't say, like, a beggar, because America is still the hegemon, but it's clear that they don't get to call the shots in the way that they used to anymore. And that there well, are new I forms of power all, that all are coalescing. All it takes is for bricks to get big enough to yeah. then just go to Saudi Arabia and be like, yo, sell yeah. your fucking barrels in one, yeah. bro. Yeah. If you do that, we'll like be global, best Global power bars. is shifting. All sorts of shit is shifting. There's like all this real shit going on. And in the West, like people are cancelling celebrities and comedians <laughs> and the, fucking... The dog breeds you shouldn't specifically, get. Specifically, <laughs> yeah, the dog breeds you shouldn't get. The bullies... Like literally, global like, shit, global power like, is shifting. There all could this be, stuff. there could be like a fucking breakaway civilization that is like dealing with a different level of physics and science as as you know it, or we could talk about what dog breeds you shouldn't get. It's just crazy, and also comedians specifically cancel the canceling of comedians. And as much as I sort of like fell out with that whole like lefty milieu thing, that was one. Um, good observation that ben burgess remember him that was one of good observation that he made in his book counseling comedians because it does seem to be comedians like the joe rogans and the fucking russell brands and stuff that the culture is focusing in on currently as like you know the only uh, like i will say this culture well. war the, red the meat. only the only real comedian they or the only two real comedians they cancelled was dave chappelle and that fucked him up creatively. Yeah, and it then did he, fuck him it up fucked creatively. up all the other fucking specials he had contracted with Netflix. That's why the first one was good. And then he got tripped up over who he's offending and who he's not offending with yeah. what fucking jokes he's saying. And his whole shit became TED Talks. Yeah. And Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis got his like debut gig as uh, an SNL cast member. Mm. And then. They went back through a bunch of podcasts he did, and he used uh, Chinky as a, you know, mm -hmm. derogative or whatever the fuck term in a podcast from fucking years ago. And so they straight up uh, cancelled him before he even had his first appearance on SNL. He then went on to become like a very successful alternate, alternative kind of comedian on the internet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Shane and Gillis, or Gillis and Keeves, mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the sketch show, that's mm -hmm, him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, you know. Yeah, but it fucks them up creatively. And it didn't fuck him up creatively. He went off and he's fucking done great yeah, ever yeah, since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the thing he almost needed to like actually fully fucking propel and, and be successful in many ways very true very true so for some people it doesn't fuck them up and that's one th that's one observation that i made last week but joe if rogan, i remember joe if rogan, i remember not not really a comedian it's more of like an interviewer yeah. more of a more of a personality if i like, remember correctly the the observation that i made last week was that can't, the only positive thing about council culture is that it's a good testing ground for the soul like facing opposition and like resisting conformity inevitably strengthens your character 
and like it also reveals our shadow in a way our collective shadow as well and i i think that that's like the one positive aspect of cancel culture is there are some people who come through it better on the other side and stronger like shane gillis like mm -hmm. you said they don't let it hold them back and in fact it puts them in touch with what really makes them special mm -hmm. what differentiates them from other people because normally when you are have something that really differentiates you it will sort of like cause ripples in the collective unconscious so i'm waiting for kevin spacey to come back with usual suspects too, <laughs> and just like smash it sometimes you will fight face opposition and it will ruffle people the wrong way you know the collective unconscious wants to like homogenize everything and make everything like the same or whatever but we all have things that differentiate us and like if you get in touch with that sometimes you have to face opposition and these things strengthen your character and make you into a better person and i think that yeah if there are some people who who come through it and they get more in touch with themselves and it really launches them and they do great and they grow and evolve and stuff and but there are some people who it really corrupts their soul mm -hmm. and i think those people are the ones who can't handle just being alone it's also just and who, the, i think it's well. also the ones who can't handle they can't handle insecurity and they can't handle not having validation so like i think that they sell their souls or they make stupid deals with corporations and blah, 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 these entities. Because the idea of having to stand by themselves and to stand for what they believe in without anyone supporting them terrifies them so much. But I think I think this is kind of what separates some of the old class of like celebrities from the new class of celebrities. Mm. So like, you know, people like Russell Brand will commentate all fucking day about what the corruption is or what fucking bullshit is he won't actually like put his hat in the ring or do anything like to contribute in a, like in a meaningful way like that right well he's done like lots of community he's projects community projects and fucking he's yeah, done yeah, community yeah. projects dude, and things like that arnold you schwarzenegger that. arnold schwarzenegger fucking like <laughs> governor of california <laughs> you saying russell you know brand I mean? should have run for labor ronald reagan dude labor government he was fucking president shit. of america dude you know what I mean? You're saying like, these are guys, these are guys that weren't just like talking the talk and like had a little show. These were guys that like felt something about the fucking country they lived in and then actually fucking went to go and try and do something about it. Oh my gosh. And I feel like there should be more respect for like actually committing to do something. Living fucking uh what what was what what does Walden say? <laughs> I'm trying to remember living decisively or whatever the fuck it is actually fucking committing to do something rather than just like being on the side there was like a clip that went viral recently of like two internet fucking celebrities going at it with oliver tree if you know who that is no it's like another meme musician type guy mm. and he went on ethan's show on hate tree podcast and he ripped ethan to shreds and it was like, oh, because like you used to actually like, you know, when 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 was the last piece of content you made that was like culturally relevant? Vape Nation. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like that's why, man, like I used to fucking respect you because you used to actually like contribute to this weird like internet culture thing that was going on. And now you just sit there and fucking comment commentate and fucking rip people apart. And it's fucking pathetic. At least I'm still trying to actually do something. And as much as I don't find Oliver Tree funny, and I think his music is fucking garbage, like, 
I res I totally respect that philosophy, and at least he is literally sticking by his yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing. Russell kind of gave up on comedy to pursue... Yeah. Um, to be a TED Talker and mm -hmm. fucking, like, give opinions. And, like, I'm saying this on a fucking podcast and I'm giving my fucking opinion. But, like, I make... I'm, and my music's not the fucking thing, but at least I fucking do that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm writing a like, book, so... <laughs> Like I don't. Like, I have, this isn't we the have, penultimate yeah, thing that I'm like, like trying to put yeah. into the world. It's just yeah. like another little thing that I do on the side. Yeah, because it's fun. Because it's fun. Like it's uh, you know, and I and commentating. I feel like if that's your entire thing, that's where it becomes a yeah, problem. Yeah, a real and there's problem. There's a whole discourse of this on YouTube around like you know React streamers and stuff like this. Yeah. Of like you know these kind people of... essentially make bunny hopping content which will get picked in the algorithm over original content because it's longer. And has more engagement because they they are it's like kind of the reason spicy why, takes yeah. whatever the fuck it is about the video. All the it's way the in reason between. why I struggle to make video essays sometimes because I'm not following the algorithm. I'm talking about things that I want to talk about, topics that I find specifically interesting or whatever, and like that's just not like it's just not incentivized at all. It's yeah. not really like a business model, quote unquote. And like yeah, it's it's it, you can't make it your whole thing. You have to have something else that you're putting into the world some other thing that you're creating outside of just commentating on the monster of the week. Yeah. And like, you know, you make music, whatever. I have a book that I'm writing, like having some kind of thing that you're, and it makes me sad because these are people who historically did do that. Like they were comedians. They were people who contributed to the culture, like you said, in interesting ways. Exactly. And now all they do is like ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble and try to sell fuck like i remember we watched a clip of russell brand that i commentated on a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and he was like selling gold or some shit yeah like, like how how, how did it get fallen? there what the fuck what I the saw, fuck was going Naomi, on there i saw naomi what? campbell like selling a, a fucking like internet fucking fashion brand and i saw russell brand selling gold how how the mighty have fallen man like, What's going on? It's uh, it's pretty crazy. What's um, Smitumi, I still don't know where I can hear Jake's music. You can hear it on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. I have not really done the whole streaming malarkey with all of my kind of ambient IDM stuff, and that's kind of what I've been doing mostly for the last like six years or so. Um, but you can find me on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. You go to elm collective records or dr doctor if you search that in either of those platforms you will find all my stuff and i have some new stuff that i'm cooking up at the moment that when it is done it will all be done like properly and above board and like on spotify and like on all the things and uh you know even have some like fucking sexy dolby atmos mixes and stuff for it maybe but until then, like, you have to just find me being fucking DIY on the internet, like a little pirate, <laughs> being on Bandcamp. Um, what other comments do we have? I can't see from here. Uh, Marina Russell Brand should have done... Should have done something about HS2, lol. Yeah, I mean, he should have done something about a lot of, like, kind of major kind of political things in the UK, but he kind of backed away after he, like, tried to vouch for Labour at the very last minute of, like, an election year, like, over, I think, 
nearly 10 years ago. And then ever since, never really fucking um, did anything else. Like, he did some local things, as Angie said, about, like, certain housing projects in London that yeah. were going to be taken over He also over had his, ca- his Choose Cafe, where he was, like, um, employing ex-drug addicts. Because I remember he had his book that came out where he discussed his battle with drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And then he had his YouTube channel where he did the Trues. And then he made the Truce Cafe in Hackney or somewhere like it was either Hackney or old somewhere Old Street, some east, somewhere in East London. Um, and he was employing people who were ex drug addicts in this cafe, and the proceeds were going towards charitable causes or something along those lines. But then something happened and it shut down, and he sort of disappeared for a while. But again, it's again, it's this weird archetype. Something happened. It's this weird archetype in the British press Something of happened, eh? them taking a working class man from, because Russell's from Essex, in the same way that like someone like Jimmy Savile was from um, maybe he, a parochial. Maybe he fucked a cake or a, or even worse, in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> shush. Shush you. His randy little habits couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't be contained even Shush. within his little true news cafe. Shush you. He's fighting the good fight with his penis. Oh my gosh, be quiet. Well, basically, yeah, it's a, it's sort of the thing, which is why it's it's like a it's like a very big thing that Russell's sort of being paralleled by the British press to a figure like Jimmy Savile, considering again he worked for the BBC. The BBC mm-hmm. notoriously covers for criminals mm-hmm. of the sexual variety. Mm-hmm. Um, he also is a working class guy from Essex. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Savile was also a working class guy from somewhere in the north. I don't know where. But that was like, he was sort of a working class guy that, that was sort of plucked out of obscurity from radio fame into the British establishment and the media establishment. Same thing with Russell. He had this sort of journey upward um, that was similar. And yeah. Russell feels a little bit more plucked and planted than uh, Ricky Gervais, if I'm, if I'm honest. Ricky Gervais seemed like he worked his way up as a writer, yeah. a television writer exactly. in the like sort of traditional way. And he's actually funny. Yeah. And he like was actually yeah. Russell's funny too, but like he's just sort of he's like an outrageous charisma charismatic persona, and know. he was a presenter who then became a comedian in that sort of way, which is what it's it different. Sort of like seems even like. even like even watching a lot of his. Because a lot of the clips that they took were from his early. This is the last bit, and then we'll and then we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll sign off. We'll but, sign off because we're it's getting late. Um, like even the bits that they took from that documentary. Sorry to keep going on about this Russell Brand thing, but um, like it kind of made me start thinking about his early sets and stuff. And they were sort of commenting on his character and about like how narcissistic he is. <laughs> And then, and then you, and you sort of like looking at those clips of those early sets. He's like, oh yeah, I like to do this. I like to do. That. And you're like. Oh yeah, like that—that's the whole bit. Like the whole bit is him talking about himself. There, it's not like, it's not like there is an insight or there is an observation or anything. It is just like I live this bombastic, crazy life because I'm already a celebrity, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I can already talk about all of this crazy shenanigans and sex and stuff that I get up to mm-hmm. because of the position I'm in. Mm-hmm versus actually having to be funny mm-hmm. and write anything or do it do you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's sort of like 
yeah, I don't know. It sort of it just made me question my appreciation for him as a comedian in general, if I'm completely <laughs> honest. Because I don't know another comedian that I've liked where I could look back and then really pick apart their their sets like that and go, oh, wow, that's actually just not funny. Like, mm, mm. Every, like I'm trying to think of a stand-up comedian that I, I really like. That I, like Even David Cross, who I feel like has fallen off in recent years, mm-hmm. his early stand-up, I'm not going to fucking say that that's not funny. Yeah. Like yeah, in the yeah. George Bush era and shit, like, holy fuck, David Cross was one of the best stand-ups going. Like, so fucking funny. But he's fallen off recently, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand <laughs> in anything he fucking does at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But I could, I couldn't pick apart his early stuff. Yeah, yeah. But there's like he's one of those people where actually, if I go back, I'm like, oh, actually, I don't. I, yeah, that was kind of garbage and not, not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. Not great. But anyway, guys, we got to go. Uh, but it was wonderful chatting with you this evening. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, excavations into the dark heart of our strange strange culture stay hopeful (laughs) fight the nihilism and we will catch you next week goodbye